sing on? Can you guys hear me okay? I heard last week a little bit, little bit of sound issues. Can everyone can hear me okay? Perfect. So for those of you guys who don't know, I am, uh, I guess, the middle of, of four kids. There's, there's two of us are in the middle, technically, but uh, I'm, the, I'm the middle son, and um, this is my, my first time speaking. Uh, but a couple things I'll, I'll just kind of get off my chest. No, I'm not wearing a tie, but I promise you God will still be here. Um, you know, I've, I've been asked several times, are, are, you, are you nervous to speak? Yes. <laughs> very, very nervous. You know, this is my first time speaking, and it got kind of challenged to do that, but I'm excited, and I, and I trust that God's Word's going to speak here this morning. Uh, and then the third thing, and probably the most important thing to everybody here, is that I'll speak slower than my dad, and I'll try not to cry, as we know. <laughs> that happens quite a bit. But let's, let's pray again, and then uh, we'll get into it. Father, we... We thank you for just for the opportunity, Lord, to, to be challenged, uh, to hear your word spoken, Lord, to, uh, to, to dive into the word, Lord. And, and we just pray here that this morning that each and every one of us would just have open hearts, uh, just have open ears. Uh, and Lord, just that we would we'd really just let you uh, guide our lives, uh, change our lives, challenge us. And uh, just that we would leave this place, Lord, uh, just loving you even more and, and showing that by how we serve, Lord. And amen. Uh, before I, I get into my topic, uh, again, t- today's natural abilities, but I thought it'd be important to show you guys uh, or tell you guys about where this study came from. You know, this, this study didn't happen by chance. This design series was a very thought out, prayed about uh, series that we came up with. Uh, Steve Morris, who spoke uh, on desires, no, yes, experiences, sorry. Uh, he came up with the idea about two years ago and brought it to my dad and some of the elder board, and they just decided, you know, it's not really the right time for this series, but let's, let's pray about it, let's keep it on the back burner, and let's, let's use it when we, when we think it's the best time. And so, you know, we've, we've spent some other studies, we spent a long time in Genesis, but this whole time we've been praying about this design series. You know, God, when do you want us to teach our church about this design? When do you want to challenge our church in this way? And, and you know, pr- almost at the end of Genesis, we, we met again, we prayed about it, we talked about it, and we really felt, you know, God, God's ready for, for this to happen here at Grace Hills. God wants us to hear this message, these or this series of messages, and to, and to challenge our people. You know, Genesis was a very uh, uh, kind of scripturally heavy uh, uh, study, and this one is, is very practical in a lot of ways. And, and so, again, I just wanted to share that with you guys, that, that this is a, a series that we're really excited about. I, I got the, as soon as I found out, I told my life group that I'm in, you know, I, I'm really excited about this service because I, I think God can do so much with Grace Hills. God, Grace Hills is filled with people who have so many abilities, but we need to be challenged. We need to be encouraged to use our abilities. And, and I really, this is what I told them exactly. I said, I think revival can happen from these type studies. I think churches can wake up and be challenged when we, when we have a study like this, when we, when we get extremely practical and just say, God, what do you want in our lives? How can we, how can we best serve you? And so again, I just wanted to show you that, is, that this study was thought about, prayed about, and that God really put it on our hearts that this is something that we as a church need to go through. Uh, but as a recap, I think it's important to look at the letters that we've had previously. Uh, so this is your chance to speak in church. Uh, what does the D stand for? desires. And the idea that God has, has uniquely given us desires, and it's okay to follow those desires. If God's put something on your heart and you have a desire, then follow it. You know, serve in that area. That's great. What's the E stand for? Serious. 
experiences. Steve Morris brought a, brought a message about experiences and, and where his life has been, and uh, many of them embarrassing. You know, he struggled with a lot of things, but he realizes that it's not about him, that he, those experiences can be used by God. Uh, what about the S? You know, what, what is the S? Spiritual. spiritual gifts. You know, Warren brought a great message on spiritual gifts and the idea that you know, we, we all have spiritual gifts. No matter where you're at, if you're a believer, then you have the Holy Spirit and you have spiritual gifts. No one person has all spiritual gifts. Even my dad doesn't have all spiritual gifts. But we all have some. What about the I? Oh, that's a tough one. Individual personality. That was a message Brandon brought and just the idea that you know, we, we all have unique personality, and, and we can serve with those things. What about G? That was last week. What was G? Growth. Uh, and, you know, John really challenged us in a lot of ways, but one of the ways is that if we're not growing, something, something's not connecting. You know, this Christian walk is not just for us to, to cruise along on a, on a comfortable road. God wants it to be an incline. God wants us to grow, to wrestle with things, to be challenged. No matter where you're at in your walk, you shouldn't just be stagnant. God wants to challenge you. Uh, and then today is, is natural abilities. So if we, if we look at um, the Exodus passage, uh, but you know, th- this point is, is similar to what Warren talked about in that we all have spiritual gifts. Well, just like natu- in, in natural abilities, we all have natural abilities. Uh, but the point I want to make is that understand that spiritual gifts and natural abilities are different, but both are crucial. So again, that's, that's your first point in the, in the outline. And if we look at Exodus 31, 1 through 5, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge. So those being spiritual gifts. And in all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting of jewels, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. So side by side, we see spiritual gifts, again, understanding, wisdom, knowledge, and then we see some natural abilities. They were craftsmen. They, they knew how to work with their hands. And so again, I, I, this could be a very theological debate and how you play that out, but I just want to make the, the simple point, and I think, I think you see it in Scripture, that, that they're different. But I, I believe that natural abilities are, in a lot of ways, the vehicle for which we use um, some of the spiritual gifts that we may have. I use this example in first service, but uh, Tony Jones runs our men's ministry, and so we have a men's breakfast that meets every Saturday. And uh, I think he and Warren uh, said, okay, well, let's maybe do something after the men's breakfast. And so uh, Warren and, and Tony both have natural abilities of golf. And so they said, well, let's just play golf afterwards. Now, again, Warren used that just so that Jeannie would let him out of the house and go golfing. But, you know, he said, well, this is a chance for us to just have community. This is a chance for us to get together as guys and just be outside of the church and, and to communicate and to challenge each other or invite a non-believer. Uh, the women, just so I'm covering both sides. Uh, <clears throat> Karen Hoffman, who is the new women's ministry leader, uh, <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, you know, she, there's, there's a lot of talented women in this church. Uh, and a lot of them are, are gifted with crafts and creativity and, and being able to, to put together some, some great things. And so Karen Hoffman, um, put together a, an event where they came together and they put together uh, purses filled with things so they could give to single moms. How awesome is that? You know, Karen saw that we were gifted in a certain area. She pulled the women together and they, they served. They, they, they were the hands and the feet of Christ by putting together these purses and, and serving. 
You know, no one else knows they did it. They just they came together, they did it, and, and, and God blessed that. Um, and so again, I, I just want to make the quick thing is that spiritual gifts and natural abilities are different, but both are crucial. So now to kind of the meat of the things, if you will. Um, as, I, as I wrestled with speaking and, and what do I want to talk on, uh, you know, natural abilities is such a, a wide topic. You know, I could, I could t- teach on a number of things, but the thing I kept coming back to was that we as a church and really just the church as a whole, I think too many times my fear is that we, we look at ministry and service and we put it in this little box. You know, we, we come to church, we have a worship leader, we have a pastor, we have children's ministry and Sunday school classes and all these things. And, and so you come and you think, well, everything's getting done. I don't come to church and there's no one on stage. I see people take an offering. Everything must be good. All, all the spots must be filled. And, and we, we miss it that this isn't the only place to serve. That there's, there's so many things kind of behind the scenes that, that there's holes or there's gaps or that we could add if, if everyone got involved and everyone served. And so the, the point I want to make is that it's okay to be creative and entrepreneurial in, your, in serving with your abilities. Uh, Brandon McDade, who's, who's the youth pastor, uh, you know, one of his natural abilities is basketball. And so you know, a lot of the ways he meets with kids is by going to the gym and just playing basketball, meeting people, having conversations. And one of the things we did if, probably about a month ago was he thought, well, let me, let me try to do a basketball tournament with these kids. Let me, let me bring them together and see if, if the church can be mobile. Maybe, maybe if I meet in a gym, maybe some, some non-believers will come. And so he tried it. Several days prior to the, the basketball tournament going off, there was only like a couple kids signed up for it. You can't really have a good basketball tournament if you only have a few kids going. For those of you who don't know, it, you know it's, they, they played three on three. And if you only have five kids, not going to have a very good game. But we, we prayed about it, we did it, and all of a sudden 30 plus kids came. And he invited his Uncle John, who spoke you know, a couple months ago, and he gave a testimony. Here are kids who maybe have never stepped inside of a church, got to hear God's word, got to see Grace Hills be mobile. Grace Hills doesn't just happen here. It happens in your communities. And Brandon used it as a basketball. You know, my, my dad, as I was talking through the message with him, he told me about Mary Shoemaker. And apparently I have ability to, to say this. I've gotten permission. But, you know, there, there are some, some physical uh, issues there. And, and so she kind of came to my dad and just talked about... This series has been a little challenging for me because I can't do what I used to be able to do. There, there's, there's some physical abilities that I just don't have anymore. And that, that could have been of just, you know, she could have just stopped there and said, okay, well, God, you know, I've done what I can, but I, I'm done. But no, she didn't. She realized, well, I have a home. I live in a community. I'm going to invite people over to have a prayer service. And God blessed it. You know, and so each and every one of us, yes, our natural abilities may have changed. You know, what you used to do as a high school kid probably isn't the same as what you can do now. That's okay. You know, God, God changes us. God gives us different abilities. You know, God wants to use where you're at. God wants to use what you've experienced in life. God wants to use your desires. You know, God can only not use us when we, when we say no, and that's it. So again, it's okay to be creative and entrepreneurial. If you're a golfer... Invite some people to golf. Maybe you'll strike a conversation about God. If you, if you like playing horseshoes, go play horseshoes. You know, 
Church just doesn't happen here. It happens in your community. It happens um, in your home. It happens at the grocery store. You know, God, God wants the church to be mobile. You know, as, as uh, our memory verse is uh, Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. As I, as I thought about that verse and I was challenged by that verse, the thing that I kept thinking about was that word workmanship. Have you ever really thought about that verse and what it means? God in heaven uniquely designed each and every one of us in all his glory with his workmanship. We, we are his workmanship. He, he looks down and says, man, that's, that's what I wanted to design. That's, that is what I wanted. You know, the Mona Lisa is arguably the most famous painting in, in the world. You know, what if, what if da Vinci painted it? They put it in the Louvre in, in Paris and everyone came to see it, but all of a sudden... One day, the Mona Lisa just said, you know what, I'm tired of facing everybody. I'm going to turn around and face the wall. I'm just going to look over here. What if you went to that museum and saw Mona Lisa facing the wall and you just saw the back? Wouldn't be too much to look at, would it? You know, it, it wouldn't be serving its purpose. But how much more is the God in heaven who sent his son to die a brutal death on the cross so that we could be saved gifted us in all of these areas, uniquely designed us, and sometimes we just turn our back and say, I'm just going to do this today. I don't want, I don't, I don't really feel like letting your glory shine through. What does that do to God? Who are, who are we to just deny what God has given us? And I struggled with that. Man, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared in, beforehand that we should walk in them. I just said, geez, I could just do a, I could do a whole message on that, you know. Wow. But it, it continues. You know, so we, 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 can, we can look at, uh, you know, they're, they're different than spiritual gifts. It's okay to be creative. But in what manner are we supposed to do or serve? Or how can we use our abilities and in what manner? So if we look at 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11, it says, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. That in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So a couple things I want to pull from that. Now the first thing it says, but the end of all things is at hand. Now, he's not saying that this world is just going to stop and that's it. Not what he's saying. He's saying Christ is coming back. And because of that, we've got to be serious and watchful in, in your prayers. You know, the time is not in the future. The time is now. He's saying be serious. Be watchful. This, this stuff that we talk about, these, these words that we, we hear and we, we talk about in life, it's serious. We, we've got to take it serious because the end of all things is at hand. You know, do we want to be a church or a people that when Christ comes back, we're still looking for that, that opportunity to serve? Or do we want to be serving when Christ comes back? So he says, man, well done, good and faithful servant. Or do we want to still be searching? I know for me, I want to be, I want to be 
actively doing what God has given me when Christ comes back. The next thing it says, uh, with fervent love. You know, I, I, looked at, I looked at what the definition of, of fervent means, and it really means to stretch, to stretch out. You know, the best example of, of, of a fervent love is Christ. He stretched out on the cross, arms open, nailed to the cross, because he loved us. You know, we're, we're going on a, we're going on a, our church has taken a missions trip, a few of us, um, to the Philippines, and I'm going to invite Leah up here, and Leah's actually going on that trip, but a few weeks ago we had a worship event, and Leah had the opportunity to share, and just kind of why she's going and, and the love that she wants to show, and so rather than me rambling on, I'm going to let Leah do a better job than I could. So let's give Leah a warm welcome. Um, Hi there, my name is Leah Mayerski, and like you said, I have the privilege of going on this missions trip in August, and I am actually super excited to go because helping people is actually, like, I love to do it, I love helping them, and I just think that the thought of, like, knowing that if helping someone could make their day or their life better for even just the smallest amount of time, I love doing that, I think that it's a great feeling helping someone and just knowing that, you know, their life could be better because of it. Um, originally, when I first heard about this mission ship, I'm like, wow, that's so cool. I really want to do that. But can the Lord use me? At the time, I was only 15. And I'm like, how am I going to be used by him? Because I'm so young. I'm pretty clumsy. Don't know how God's going to use me. And then I went to the missions meeting and... <laughs> God just said, Leah, I'm going to use you. Um, I don't care how young you are. I don't care how clumsy you are. You're going to be used by me. And I know that you can do great things. I'll work through you through that. And I think that that was amazing for me. Um, The main reason why I want to go is because I know that by going, I can help show God's love to people. And I think that that's amazing because I want to show worth to people who feel like they don't have it. Because I know that for me, one time, I'm like, this was a while ago before I found God. And I'm just like, man, what, what is my place in the world? What am I going to do with my life? Am I important? And at the time, I didn't feel like it. And so now, it's, I just love to show people that they do have worth in God. That he's a friend to those who feel like they're lonely. That he gives them a place that they are not worthless no matter what their status is in the world or how they feel about themselves. And I think that that's amazing. So that's why I want to go. Thank you. Do I need to keep preaching or are we good? We're good. You know, that, she, she could have used age as an excuse. Is, is it possible that some people in this room have used age as an excuse? Has our, has our abilities changed? Has our, has our age gotten up to where we're saying, ah, I'm done? I, God, God's, God's used me, but I think I'm done. She could have used age as an excuse, but she didn't. She said, God's love is going to shine through, and that's the challenge for each and every one of us. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter if you're clumsy. Because God's love is what we're trying to show. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. God's love. You know, as, I, as I prepared for this message, I, 
uh, was writing in a journal that I had, uh, and I actually had the journal when I went to over to Europe to visit my younger brother, and uh, so I just kind of wrote about various things and places I'd seen. I was in Barcelona and then to Rome, and then I was on my way to Paris, and we were sleeping in the airport because we were too cheap to pay for a hotel, and I was sitting there writing. It's two in the morning, and just wrote about all kinds of things, and then I titled the page Non-Trip, and I just wrote. Didn't read it, put it away, and fast forward two years now, I pick up the journal, just frankly because there was a lot of pages left in it, and I said, I'm going to write in there. And I, so I started writing my message, and I, I just happened to flip back, and I looked at that non-trip page. And what I had written was that, wow, God, you've created such a big world. There's so many people here. Each one of us have our own, our own walks of life, but there's so many people just searching in this, in this huge world, all trying to figure out what this life is, what's the meaning of life. And I, and I, I just wrote, you know, God, I, I want my legacy to be one that, that loves people and that loves you. So the point from this passage is, is love God by loving others and using your abilities. The best way to show love is by doing, by action. Too many times we, we romanticize this word love. It's a practical word. Not, you know, yes, there's, there's a romantic side to it, but it's, it's a practical love. You know, Christ didn't just say he loved us. He showed he loved us. So we as the church, when we say we love the community, we love the lost, how are we showing that? How are you, how are you showing your neighbors that you love them? And that's the, that's the challenge. By love, love God by loving others and using your abilities. You know, another point from this is, uh, we'll look at 2 Corinthians 4, 5, and 6. It says, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. It's not about us. We don't preach ourselves, thankfully. You know, if I had to go out and preach myself, I wouldn't have a lot of followers. I screw up. I don't always get it right. But there's a God, a living God, who, who does and who did and who will continue to. And that's the God I want to preach. That's the God you should preach. You know, it's not about us. On top of that, you know, another way to look at how, how why pride shouldn't sneak into ministry is because, you know, I, I've heard people say, well, I, I kind of want to wait till God gives me that, that big opportunity not about the big opportunity it's about the small things you know billy graham didn't wait to give his first sermon until he was in a big auditorium started with the small things chris tomlin who's arguably the most famous right now worship leader writes all kinds of songs that we do in first service actually some you guys possibly do in second service um chris tomlin didn't start out saying i want to be the biggest worship leader ever he served in a local church god chose to raise him up but had he, had he waited for that opportunity, it would have never happened. So again, the, the time is now. It doesn't matter where you serve. It's just that, that you serve. You know, there's all kinds of, of opportunities at this church to serve. How many of you guys know who our ushers are? Most of you. How many of you guys know who stuff the, the uh, bulletins each week? Not as many hands. Both are important. You know, the person who, who fills the, the bulletins could just say, I'm, I'm going to wait till everyone knows me. You guys would be kind of an upset congregation if you didn't have your bulletins. You know, 
Both are important. Some are visible, some aren't. But God wants to use them, use everything. So don't wait for that opportunity that may be seen by others. Just serve in the small things, and God will bless it. So, again, we, we've talked about that we, we all have natural abilities. Uh, we're, to be, we're to be creative. But the kind of challenging part to this whole message, at least personally, uh, is, you know, one, one of the things we've, a common theme in a lot of the messages previous has been that if God's given you a natural uh, ability or desires or experiences, to use those and to serve in that area. And that's great. That's a great starting point. But this morning I also want to think, I also want to challenge us that it's in the things that we were weaker in that many times God's strength is best shown. Now, unfortunately, this is, this is a point that my entire life is filled with. I've said no to so many opportunities. You know, being in a, a pastor's home, you know, luckily I, I stayed the course. I, didn't have, I haven't had a long rebellious phase or anything like that. But there's been a lot of opportunities where God has challenged me or I've had a, had a chance to do something out of my comfort zone that I've said no in. I was asked, I was asked to lead worship uh, back in high school. And <clears throat> actually, I was asked just to sing, just to be a backup singer. I was playing guitar, and, I, and they asked me to, to backup sing. And I said, not a chance. Not going to do it, you know, for like a year. And leaders were, leaders were encouraging me. Other, just my peers were encouraging me. I said, not going to do it. All of a sudden, we went to a summer camp, and uh, that day I, I told the worship leader, I said, I'm going to do it today. I'm really going to, I'm really going to trust God, and I'm going to sing. I'm going to backup sing. And so a couple hours later, the worship leader was out on a raft. They were just messing around on the lake, playing around, and he fell off the raft and hit someone in the back of the head and lost his tooth. Had to go home. So now, here I am, uh-oh, I got to lead worship? I was just going to be a part of it. And, and, and God really said, you know what, Mark, I don't want just part of you. I want all of you. I don't, I don't want to give you the opportunity just to, to back up and sing. or no, I'm, I'm going to challenge you. And that was the first time God really said, it really woke me up with a, with a smack in the face. Mark, I want everything. I was like, oh, geez. You know, fast forward now, and, and here I am, and I, I lead worship at this church, and I love it. Another thing, uh, I got asked to lead a life group. And I said, nope, not going to do it. I want, I want no part of that. You know, I, I don't know the word well enough. I can't, I can't challenge people. I can't, I can't prepare. I have a job. You know, I don't have time. They kept asking me, kept asking me. Finally, I said yes. If I hadn't said yes to that, I would have missed out on so many things. We, uh, one of, our, one of the men in our group, uh, his wife was a believer, and he wasn't. And so for probably two years, we prayed for him. She's been praying for him previous, but we just, we just really prayed for him. He, dealing with a lot of things. Uh, he, he fought in Iraq and just really came, came back with a lot of things that he wrestled with. And we just prayed for him. Just recently at the couple's retreat, he accepted Christ. Grown man just weeping. God, say, God grabbed his heart and just said, you're mine. Had I not been in that life group, I wouldn't have got to experience that. Another one, more recently, um, they're a newer couple to the church. Again, same thing. Uh, the the, the soon-to-be wife, they're getting married in the, in the summer, uh, as a believer, he wasn't. Came to life group first day, and he said, you know, I'm not a believer, but I'm, I'm a sponge, and I'm just taking it all in. Several weeks later, he accepted Christ, and he was baptized here at Grace Hills. 
Had I said no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't got to see God's joy. If you've never experienced someone coming to Christ for the first time, you're missing out. There's nothing better than seeing someone just lay it down and say, God, I, I can't do it on my own anymore. I need you. And again, had I not done that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had that joy just to see that. Speaking, giving a message today. I got asked to do it. No, not definitely no. Exclamation point, no. You know, and I was thinking, my da- if anybody knows my dad, he's, he's quite a prodder. You know, he likes to push. My, my, my grandmother knows that very well. She, she's been one to push as well, but she, my dad pushes. And this time he didn't. So I'm like, okay, cool. That's a way out. I don't have to do it. My dad's not pushing me. Enter John Aldridge. John Aldridge is an elder. Also, was pretty persuasive. And he came to me and, and he said, come here, Mark. And I said, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. And he just said, I really think you should preach. I said, I'm glad you think that, John, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> then he said this. He said, you know, I've never been to your life group, but I bet that you challenge your life group on a weekly basis and ask them to do things or step out or talk or read, and, and you challenge them. I said, well, here's your chance to, to actively show that, to step out of your comfort zone. I said, yeah, John, you're, you're probably right, but I still don't want to do it. Then he gave me these words. And he said, well, take it to your life group and ask them. And then I knew I was in trouble. Next week, went to life group, and very hesitantly at the very end, I said, hey, guys, uh, they asked me to preach. What do you think? You know, try to throw it under there. And they said, absolutely, do it. I was like, oh, no. So for, for weeks, I wrestled with, God, I'm not gifted in this. I can't, I can't do this. Then 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and 10 came to, came to mind. And it's, it should be in your bulletin. It says, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, Paul's not saying, oh, I love when, when things, when I'm down and out, when I'm weak. That's not what he's saying. But he's saying, in those times, I know that God's strength is, is, is big. You know, I talked about it earlier, that the idea that we, we put ministry in this little box. Well, too many times we also put God in this box. It's in our weakest abilities that God's light is, is best shown. You know, if, if, I, if, I was a, if I was a great speaker and I came up here and just said, oh, this is going to be great and just, you know, just really just prideful and just did it, not a lot would happen. I'm, I'm not a good spe- I don't even like speaking. <laughs> I'm quiet. <laughs> but God's like, nope, you know what, Mark? I'm gonna, I, I want you up there and I want you to shine through. And we, if, if Megan didn't like singing and just came up here and all of a sudden was, was, was able to do it and, because she trusted God, you know, Who's getting the glory, Megan or God? And that's the challenge, is that we can't continue to use our weakest abilities as an excuse. Because really what we're doing is we're saying, God, you're, you're big and you're strong, but you only fit in this little box. You, you can't give me that strength. And that's what I've done so many times in my life. I've put God in this box. I said, no, I'm not talented in that. 
And then all of a sudden, I finally gave in, and God's, God's strength every single time shined through. And so what I challenge you guys in is, are, are you going to keep using um, excuses for, you know, maybe, maybe your health has changed. Maybe, maybe there's not as many people around you on a, on a given day. You know, are we going to keep using excuses, or are we going to say, you know what, God? I'm not just going to give you my strengths. I'm going to give you my weaknesses and trust that your light is going to shine through, that your strength is going to shine through. The closing point today um, comes from James 1, 21 through 27. And this was, for those of you guys in a life group, uh, this came from the study of, of last week, but it says, Therefore I lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness and the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But by doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not forgetful here, but a doer of the word, this one will be blessed in what he does. A couple things I want to pull out. He says, but be doers of the word. And he could have easily just said, but do. Go, go do this. You know, singular. He could have said, go do it and, and great. But no, he doesn't. He says doers, meaning everything. He, he, wants us to, he wants our lives to be doers. He wants every single day for us to be doers of the word. You know, our, our mission statement is honoring God by helping more people become fully devoted followers of Christ. That's a great, that's a great mission statement. But how do we do that? We have to be doers of the word, each and every one of us. We have to be doers of the word or this mission statement doesn't get played out. goes on and says, uh, but be doers of the word not, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. I looked up what that deceiving, deceiving meant in, in kind of this context, and really it's pulled from a mathematical term. You know, five plus seven does not equal three. Doesn't, it doesn't work. You, you can't argue math because, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And that's kind of what he's saying is that how can you guys, how can you think about what Christ has done? How can you know in your heart that Christ died on the cross and just be here only? How does this not cause you to act? It doesn't make sense. You're deceiving yourself. He goes on to give another example. For the man who, who looks in the mirror walks away and forgets what he looks like. You know, I'm sure most of us who, who got ready this morning, put on the Sunday's best, you know, checked our hair or makeup or, or whatever you do when you get ready, you walked away and you, and you, you remember what you look like. But he's saying, well, what if you come to church on a Sunday and you, you hear a message, you agree with it, then you drive away and you forget about it? What if... What if what if you, you keep hearing the word and it doesn't affect you? What if it doesn't change your actions? We're deceiving ourselves. God doesn't, God doesn't want a church filled with hearers. He wants a church filled with doers. He wants our church to be mobile. If, if Grace Hills was filled with people who served, if every single one of us in this room served in some capability, some capacity, our church would be unstoppable. God would be unstoppable if his, if his people across the world were doers. 
If this verse played out in every single person's heart, the church would be unstoppable. But we don't. Too many times we, we shy away from it. I can't do that. I'm, I'm, I, I agree, but I, I can't do it. And so my, my challenge and kind of the challenge from every speaker that we had over this series is, are you willing to be a doer? Are you willing to use your strengths and your weaknesses for God's glory? Are you willing to reach out to your oikos? For those of you who don't know what oikos is, it's your relational world. Are you, are you willing to invite someone to church? You know, if, if we believe that God's word is true and, and we know non-believers, that's a scary thing. Because there's a heaven and a hell, isn't there? And if we're, if we're willingly on, and knowingly not inviting those people or not in challenging those people, it's a scary thing to think about. And so I did this in first service, and I want to do it here. But, and this may be a little bit different for you guys, but uh, would you guys close your eyes and just kind of bow your head? I want to pose a couple questions. Uh, over this whole six weeks, you know, we've had some, some great speakers, and we, we've had some challenging points. And, and if you're here this morning, and you're, possibly, you're possibly a new believer, or you're a believer that's just never served, and this, this whole series of design and, and hearing how we're designed, if that's been a challenging thing for you, and you're really saying, I'm not exactly sure where, but God, I, I know that I'm uniquely designed, and because of that, I want to take the chance. I want to take the opportunity to serve. If, if that's you this morning, you're saying, God, you know, I really want to at some point take the chance to serve. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Again, every eye bow, every head closed. But if you're saying, I want to serve at some point, would you raise your hand? Pose one more question. If you're, if you're, a, if you're in this church this morning and, you know, maybe, maybe you are serving. Maybe you're actively serving. But there's some areas in your life or your community or God's just put something on your heart to say, I, I love that you've given me this part, but I want, I want more. God, I, if, if he's saying, I, I want everything. I want to challenge you to, to do something in your community. So if that's you this morning, would you raise your hand? Last kind of challenge. If you've raised your hand, would you stand up? Anybody who raised their hand at any one of those questions, would you stand up? Take the courage to stand up. Open your eyes and look around. You know, here, here's some fellow believers that, that want to serve. Here's a person that can challenge you. Here's a person that you can ask. You know, we have to be a church that communicates, that challenges, that, that calls people to action. You guys can be seated. I appreciate you standing up. Are, are we going to be that, that Mona Lisa, that masterpiece that flips around and just says, no, God, I appreciate the way you designed me, but I just don't want to do it. Or are, are we going to be Christians and believers who are doers, who, who show up, who, who serve, and where God can use us? Let's pray. Father, I, I thank you for just the chance to speak, Lord. I, I thank you for the challenges of, of what it means to be a doer of the word, and not only hearers, Lord. Uh, I, I pray that each and every one of us, no matter where we are in our, in our walk with you, Lord, that, that we would... We would take the opportunity and take the challenge to be doers of the word. That no matter 
what we did yesterday or what we did years ago, that we, all we would worry about is what you want us to do now. You've put us in communities. You've given us friends. You've given us an oikos. And we want to be a people that reaches those. Amen.